morning outside. Well, if it's summertime and you like summer, I'm horticulture Stella Rushy. Welcome to our party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. I'm your host, Phil Rushing. Our producer is awesome, Java Chapman, and we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Coming up today's first weekend in August party. By the way, August is Happiness Happy Month. I'm going to be giving you a heads up some stuff you can be doing in your garden, but mostly it is a live program. We got cheese music, and we're going to take your phone calls about what's going on or not in your own garden. So sit back, folks. We're going to do a bit of news and come back with this informal party we here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting called the Gestalt Garden. We're going to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Sir Java, it is hot and muggy in the deep south, ain't it? Yeah, it is. I'm I'm always curious about the weather that's, that you have going on right now because it's such a stark difference. Well, you know, I, I have two two uh, schools of thought. For one thing, I am in England right now. I've been working on some things and visiting some gardens and got some interesting ideas of things I'm going to try at home and see how they would work for, for us. Looking at plants that will not grow in Mississippi or Alabama or Louisiana or Arkansas or Tennessee because it's just a different climate. Um, over here, it gets up to 63, 65 degrees, might hit 70 sometime the next week or two, but it cools down at night. And that's the big reason why we can't grow fuchsias and, and astilbes and plants that people love to see in British, Van, uh, British Columbia or New England or, or Europe because it simply doesn't cool down at night back home in Mississippi. But anyway, the other side of it is I'm at home, you know, mentally and emotionally and uh, everything but physically, I'm in my Mississippi garden. Things need to be watered. They need to be mulched. They need to be, uh, you know, it's time to plant stuff. This is something I'd like to, to emphasize today is according to average weather. Now, now Java, we haven't had average weather in a long time, whatever average means. If we have a normal winter like we like, like people are used to, uh, then if you want to plant some stuff for fall harvest, things like tomatoes and peppers and squash and eggplant, some more summer stuff, now's the time to do it to make sure they have time to make a harvest before frost, if we get a frost in October. Waiting is just gambling. Uh, but anyway, this is a good week. Uh, if you can still get your hands on some small pepper plants, tomato plants, things like that, they will actually grow better in the, the heat of August and September if you mulch them and water them. And they will produce a lot better this fall in uh, September, October, November, when it gets cooler and the days are shorter. A lot of our best gardening is ahead of us if we can keep the plants alive uh, through this month or else set out some new ones. So anyway, that's one thing I'd like to emphasize. This is a good weekend to get out and start you some pots or some beds or something, or some, some late summer vegetables and see how they do. Uh, by the way, this month is uh, August is Happiness Happens Month. We can talk about that a lot, but, but happiness is something that you, you recognize. It's not something that that is out there 
uh, to ignore. If you want to be happy, you can just simply reach up and grab it. And it's not an it is an attitude thing. It's not one of those woohoo kind of things. But uh, no matter what your situation is, you can find some pleasure, some happiness if you just recognize it's all around us, particularly in the garden. One of the things I've done uh, to to keep me going, I just started me some rosemary cuttings. You know, rosemary is a real interesting shrub. It's a pretty little thing with little blue flowers in the winter. It's fragrant. You can plant it where you brush through it when you when you walk by, either uh, by uh, by a gate or along your walk, overlapping your walk, or in a pot by your door. Uh, it's also real easy to use for culinary. Um, but it's an easy plant to grow if you don't overwater it. It roots like ringing a bell. Pieces, oh, four or five inches long with all but the, the tip end stripped off. Stick that in some potting soil and keep it moist. It will root perfectly well without any problem at all. Uh, by the way, before we go to this first phone call, uh, Java, this is also International Clown Week. Did you know that? International Clown, <laughs> like like Bozo and, and Krusty yeah. and, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> Yeah, and Ronald, uh, you know why why cannibals don't eat clowns? Go ahead and give it to me. They taste funny. Rimshot, rimshot. Yeah, okay, okay. Let's let's go up to uh, to Madison and talk with John. Hey, John, how are you this morning? I'm good, Felder. I've got a, a cardinal climber that I planted some seed. Uh, mm-hmm. I have two or three of them, and they're all doing great. Plenty of foliage and stuff. They're not blooming at all. Uh, and do you say these are growing up a tree or are they in the sun or the shade? Uh, sun. One's growing up a trellis and one's growing up a fence. Yeah, that's, that's pretty unusual because they're really tough. Is this a cardinal climber or which has sort of a, 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 a biggish leaf or is it the cypress vine with a little ferny leaves? Um, they got leaves that kind of look like your hands. They got little white pipes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is the, the cardinal climber. Uh, I don't know if it blooms as well as this, is, is this uh, first cousin uh, the cypress vine, but typically when it's hot and dry is when they're going to bloom the best. So you might be giving it a little too much fertilizer or all this rain or something and just kicking it into vegetative growth, which always takes precedence, uh, precedence over flowers. So you might want to just try to keep them lean and mean and see if that. You can also try this. It sounds really crazy, John, but it's true. If you go out there with a small stick and just whack on the plant. Don't beat it up. Don't tear it up, but just whack on the plant. This actually stimulates a flower-inducing hormone. I'm not making this up. Uh, it, it reduces the hormone just like we get uh, shocked and adrenaline makes us get up and go. Plants have a hormone called traumatin, and old-timers know you can take a stick to your okra plants and just beat them, and they'll actually produce better. So try roughing them up a little bit see if that doesn't stimulate some flowers. It well, really... It, it really is true. I think you nailed it because it wasn't blooming, so I watered it and fertilized it. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, but I spanked I my okra earlier this week, and it's really, uh, really turned out good. Uh, I've got a moon sign that uh, uh-huh. I, I, last year I found, I did the seeds after it bloomed, but I can't find them this year. I can't remember how I found them. How do I save my moon vine seeds? Well, you mean how do you save them, or how you? So, so you 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 lost them, huh? Well, where are they? I, they're blooming. I've oh. got moon vines are doing great. Oh, oh well, let's see. Well, yeah. With the, when the flower falls off, it'll make a little seed pod, and it's and the seeds are white. They're like like little white uh, oblong beads. But uh, you know, if 
and it could be if they're not getting pollinated, and they're pollinated, by the way, by, by bees and hummingbirds, but also a big night-flying moth. If they're not getting pollinated, they may not make seeds, which usually picks up as the summer goes on. Once they start blooming, pollinators start finding it. So right at first, they may not make as many seeds, just for okay. lack of pollen. Okay, I'll just keep checking, man. Okay, nothing right. to it, man. Thanks, man. Bye. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, by the way, if you have any kind of, uh, of, of gardening event, upcoming garden event, whether it's a flower show or, or some kind of display or, or, or anything, if you know of any garden-related events from, from Memphis to Mobile to New Orleans, anywhere in between, shoot me an email. I love to share gardening events. That's what uh, makes us a nonprofit garden party. So email me. It's real easy, garden at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Ashland. Hey, Mike, how are you this morning? Uh, is Mike? Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, it's a simple question. I'm wanting to collect uh, wildflower seeds. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Do you, do you get them when they're in bloom, or do you have to wait for the bloom to drop off for the seeds to be in there? Well, yeah, a, a little of both. Uh, they're not going to make seeds until the flowers fall off and, and then some. You know, usually it depends on the wildflower, but a lot of times when the flower falls off, it may take it a week or so for the seeds to fully form and to ripen and mature. So you really need to, to let the – and, again, it depends on the wildflower. Sometimes it's best just to let them, you know, go for – for uh, a couple of weeks after they bloom, before you harvest them, just clip off the seed head. You can also take a few of the, the where the flowers used to be and rub them between your fingers and see if there's seeds in there. Uh, then once you find that, you know, once you find out at what stage the seeds are, you know, brown and hard and ripe, uh, then you'll know which ones you can collect and which ones not. But okay. it really depends on the plant. Okay, great, thanks. Okay, appreciate it. Uh, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. If you want to give us a call, talking about gardening. Let me see here. Are we still on the line? Yeah, coming up we have. Uh, <laughs> I push the I push the button <laughs> all the way across the water. You still you still yeah, pushing I, the wrong I, buttons. I pushed the button and my screen went dark. <laughs> well, thinking, we're gonna. Oh, uh, we're gonna pull up Gail from Vicksburg, and she says something. Um, something is eating her hydrangeas. Go ahead, Gail. You on the line? Well, thank hey, Gail. You. Good, Good morning, Felder. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I have terrible luck with my hydrangeas. I've planted probably a dozen. In fact, I'm becoming embarrassed to go and buy anymore. They keep looking at me funny. But <laughs> this year, I got them up pretty good. I have three. And then something started eating on them. So I sprayed them with just, you know, your typical spray, and that didn't stop it. And then I thought, well, I got online. It, it said maybe it was slugs. So I've been putting out like a box of snail bait, and something is eating it from the bottom up because now my stems, it's not just the leaves now, now my stems are drying yeah. out, and you can just snap them off. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that. that I don't know what that would be. I would have to look at that myself. It could be. Since these are new plants, it could. when you plant them, let me back up a little bit. Hydrangeas are really, really popular. You see them growing around old home sites and all like that, but they're not that easy to grow. Uh, there's a hydrangea society up in Memphis. Hydrangeas are all over Great Britain. They're in full bloom right now, but they're not that easy in Mississippi because of our hot summer nights. 
They like to cool down at night. When you plant them, it's real important to dig a pretty good hole without overdoing it and then loosen up the potting soil and the roots. That is crucial for hydrating for a lot of plants. It helps them get started in, in your dirt rather than a, a water potting soil and then your dirt. So right mm-hmm. off the bat, when you plant them, real important to loosen up those, that potting soil and those roots. Uh, second thing is try not to keep them too wet. A good deep soaking every now and then, and let them wilt between soakings. That'll keep them uh, keep the roots strong and vigorous. But with all this rain, they could easily get root diseases that can kill roots and even go into the stem just from too much rain or too much water. So those are the big problems. Planting in you know in in, in full sun, too much water, out loosening the roots. That's going to be tough on a big leaf hydrangea. So. It, to, to answer your question about leaves, there are a number of insects, uh, snails, and also beetles that come up at night and feed on the leaves. They chew holes in, you know, random holes in the leaves and sometimes around the edges. And uh, spraying the plants doesn't really help because the bugs, the things come out at night. So if you're going to spray, go out at night and spray under the plant going upward on the bottom of the leaves because that's where the critters are going to be. Okay. Um, so these you know, appear to be doomed. I, I just don't know. If they look like they're dying, if the stems are drying up, you can save a plant that, that's doing that. Oddly enough, it's not, not fun or not pleasant by pruning them. This takes the immediate stress off the plant and kickstarts some new growth closer to the ground. So if you look like you're going to lose them, it doesn't hurt anything to go ahead and cut them back uh, as long as the wood is, as long as the stems are healthy. They should sprout out pretty quickly and actually be more vigorous than before. Okay, so I should go out there at night, like late at night, and look for beetles underneath, yeah. underneath the yeah. leaves. Okay. Yeah, and, okay. and, and be, sneaky. Be, be, be sneaky about it because, you know, if you, if you run up on them real quick, they drop off on the ground. Oh, um, yeah. oh okay. And, and, yeah, and also keep in mind, you know, I get, I get emails from people sending me pictures of plants that have holes in leaves that honestly are not that big a problem to the plant. Sometimes it's a matter of not looking at the plants too closely. I mean, mm-hmm. Seriously. Seriously. Okay. There are very few what I call perfect plants out there, and hydrangeas are right there in the middle of them. Well, thank you so much, Feldron. You have a great visit in Great Britain. Okay. Okay. Shoot, uh, shoot me an email. We can get a little bit more detail about this. But good luck okay. on it. Thank you. Alrighty, folks, we're going to take just a little short break, a little, uh, little get a little business done. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Uh, even though I'm sitting uh, in northern England, in Lancashire, England, looking out at some uh, Japanese anemones and, and uh, fuchsias and wild foxgloves that will not grow in Mississippi, I do miss the crepe myrtles and the gardenias and the tomatoes and the peppers. So, uh, anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's live. We're going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your garden. One eight seven seven MPB ring. This is a pub, uh, uh, not a publication. It's a broadcast of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be back with more phone calls right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. Horticulture spelled rushing. And um, thinking about my Mississippi home garden, I've planted a bunch of stuff this spring. And, you know, I like to brag on the fact that I don't spend a lot of time actually gardening. I do plant stuff, and I do a little extra good job. Uh, when I say extra good job, I don't add a lot of stuff to my dirt. I dig the native dirt a good solid shovel depth. Foot deep is better, but a good solid shovel depth. I turn it over, chop up the big pieces, then I spread a little bit of bark, which is good for drainage, and a little bit of either compost or composted manure or cheap potting soil, which enriches the soil. Uh, two or three inches, maybe four-inch layer maximum to a shovel depth of dirt. And then I stir the two together, and when I'm done with that, chop it up a couple of times, dig it a couple of more times, get rid of the clods, and then I cover it with mulch and let the worms smooth it all out. This is what I do to dig a, a brand-new hole, and then if I'm ready to plant new stuff, all I have to do is pull the old mulch back, pull the, 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 you know, the peppers or the flowers or whatever up, rework the dirt a little bit, throw in a little compost, and I'm ready to go again with some fresh mulch. Once you get started, it gets easier and easier over the first couple of years. Then it just becomes a routine matter of pulling stuff up, digging the dirt, Planting something, covered it with mulch, and you're you're done with it. Uh, by the way, the real trend in gardening right now, uh, with with edible gardening, culinary gardening, things like peppers and tomatoes and basil and rosemary and oregano, those kind of things are real popular right now. More of a quality of life thing, something to make you feel good that you're actually growing something. Not gonna fill the freezer this way. But it's really easy to have a big pot or two, even uh, even a, a plastic trash can, any kind of container with some decent potting soil, um, and maybe a little dirt mixed in with your potting soil to help firm it up. Uh, you can grow stuff all the time, but when something gets harvested or it dies or, or is ready to move on, you just pull it up and stick something in with it. Planting two or three different things together seems to work better as well as look better. Now, let's go to uh, Florence, Alabama. Hey, Reed, how are you this morning, sir? Good Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing fine, pretty good. You know, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods uh, next month. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it up here. We're probably about 45 minutes from Corinth, uh, due east. Uh-huh. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty part of the, of the state. Yes, I'm, I'm just looking right now. I'm, I'm trying to put my finger on my, my lecture schedule, You'll find out when it's going to be. But, you know, it's going to be sometime in September. I'm going to be in Florence. We're going to have a good time. I'm also getting a program the next day over the Huntsville Botanical Garden, which is awfully nice. Anyway, what you got Great. going on well, today? I'm, I'll keep my ears open about when you're going to be up here. Okay. What you got going on? What's up? What I've got, I've got a catawba tree up here, and uh-huh. uh, I've got a compost bin that's right pretty close to being right up under it and i've noticed the other day where a lot of it looks like small catawba trees are coming up in that compost oh they, they could did, I mean, did you did you set some of the beans out there last year well no i just i guess they just fell off the tree yeah they you know they make uh skinny little bean pod type things that's right so, that's right yeah so, and I, so, I, so I was going to ask you maybe 
what is I'd like to to I guess dig those up out of the compost and put them in a pot and you know nurture them for a while and then plant them. What would be the best yeah. way of doing that? Uh, could you give me some advice on that? Yeah, if 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 you want, you know, and this is not the best time of year to do it. But since they're growing in compost, they may not, and they're small, they may not notice it. What I do is, after a good rain or a water them a day or so ahead of time, you know, just the whole area, and just get you right. some pot, some 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 pots, you know, at least gallon sized pots, but bigger would be better. Uh, some some pots with some decent potting soil, not just store bought stuff, but maybe mix a little compost in with it, and then gently tease those things out of the potting soil. Plant them in the pot the same depth they're growing, and then cover the top of the potting soil with some bark mulch so they don't so it doesn't you know pack down when you water it doesn't dry out quite so much. You know that'll help. Right? Would would maybe black cow? Would that would that be something I could possibly use? A uh, black cow is I, I would I grow a lot of stuff in pots. If you can use something like black cow or even the expensive stuff like Miracle Grow, which is a great potting soil. I like to mix those things about 50-50 with some bark mulch because the bark gives gotcha. better drainage. So the, the, the black cow and uh, those kind of potting soils tend to stay just a little bit too wet. Right. Just a little right. bit too wet. Okay. Okay. So so some mulch will be mixed in with that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and by good. the way, I just I, I, I just found out this could be at uh, Muscle Shoals, Master Guard Shoals, Master Guard. This could be on September the 18th. So that's coming up, in, uh, and uh, I'm giving a, a program on the 18th, and then again for Master Gardeners on the 19th. Great, great. I'll make it a point to be there. All righty, man. Nothing to it. Good luck on those things. Oh, by the way, don't keep them too wet. They're tough little plants. They sure are. Hey, thanks a million here. Have a good one. Okay. Appreciate it. All righty, we're going from the foothills of Appalachia all the way down the Gulf Coast. Let's talk to Stan in Pascagoula. Good morning, Stan. How are you, sir? I'm well, Felda. How are you, my man? So far, so good. What's up? All right, got a question. I got a buddy with a stump. Got a hole in it. What can he plant yep. in it? Ooh, well, is it a big stump with a big hole? It's pretty good size. Probably about 17 inches across. Oh, that's a, that's a good size thing. What I would do is first of all scoop out you know some of the rotten wood and mix it with some it's potting all, soil. It's all the way through, Felder. Okay, well you can have to fill it up with something. Uh, so you know if he if he wants to firm it up, if he, if he can pour some real dirt, just plain old topsoil dirt down the bottom to keep it from sinking and sinking and sinking, and sort of make a bottom to the hole if that makes sense. And just yeah, put I, our I, common I'm thinking staghorn. What's that? Staghorn fern? No, I wouldn't put... You know, staghorn fern is more of a hanging basket kind of thing. This is in the sun or the shade? It's in the shade. You know, you could plant all sorts of stuff. You could put ferns in it. You could put little impatiens in it. Um, you, know, uh, 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 you know, you could even put uh, some... Iris, you know, iris not going to bloom in the shade, but the, the leaves look good, kind of pointy things. So I would put something kind of spiky looking, like an iris with the foliage. Or nothing else. Put some sticks in it, you know, and spray paint it some colors. But uh, impatience, coleus, ferns, uh, those kind of plants do really, really well in shape. Well, well, since you're in England, what about an English ivy? English ivy works perfectly fine, but you know, why waste a good hole on something that grows just plain old dirt? I planted it around the base <laughs> of the plant. And if you could put ivy, go with some, go with some of that. 
Go with some of some of the uh, the variegated uh, ivy that's got sort of a creamy white to it. It really looks good, and it's a tough plant. It looked good cascading up and over, but put it in there, and then throw some impatience in there too. To give some flowers to look at. Come in here and talk to him, Felix. What? Wait, wait. What are we doing? Is this pass Felder around the room day? <laughs> Hello. Hey, this is Felix. I've hey, got Felix, an old stump at my house, and I have a yeah. staghorn attached to it by uh, plastic mesh wire. I have yeah. a plastic mesh uh, fencing-like, and it grows yeah. great, but my stump's starting to rot. And I was yeah. wondering about, you know, using that stump he has um, with a hole in it and attaching it somehow like that because I feed it some bananas, old bananas. Yeah. And it it it, does, it thrives great. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, again, staghorn fern is more of a potted plant, hanging basket, hanging off the side of type of thing, rather than planting in a hole type of thing. I, you know, you could you could put it on, tie it to a bigger piece of wood, and stick it up in the hole, uh, sort of stand up, and then in the hole itself, put you some ivy or some impatience, something else. But I wouldn't plant the the staghorn fern in a pot in a hole because it's more of a hanging off the wall out of a tree type of thing. Okay. Would it be anyway, she, on the ground or maybe even no, like a little no, stand? These, these, these are tree plants. They grow naturally in trees. So we think of a hanging basket on a piece of wood hanging on a wall or something. You know, they're, you know, they're not ground stuff. They're hanging off of stuff type of plants. Okay? I, uh, I, I'm sorry to get that. That sounds good. I'm going to hand you back over to Stan. No, no, no. We're going to move on to the next call. Shoot me an email, okay? We got some, we got some cheesy music to come up. I'm getting passed around. <laughs> they love you, Felder. Yeah. They love you. That's all That's yeah. all we can, that's all we can say. I, they love you, Felder. I, I, I feel like a bottle of wine being passed around between some old garden, some, some, some gardener drinkers. Well, they were having a good time out, out there in Pasadena. Thank you, Stan and Felix. <laughs> okay. Y'all been out in the sun too much. Let's go to some cheesy music. Man, I found some really cheesy music. It's been uh, oh, three or four years since I played this, but I think people get a kick out of it. And then we'll come back with more of the Gestalt Gardeners in your live phone calls here on MBB right after this. Short, fat, juicy ones Itsy, bitsy, fuzzy, wuzzy worms Down goes the first one Down goes the second one Oh, how they wiggle and squirm Long, thin, slimy ones Short, fat, juicy ones Itsy, bitsy, fuzzy, wuzzy worms Nobody likes me Everybody hates me Guess I'm gonna eat some worms Long, thin, slimy ones Short, Itsy bitsy fuzzy wuzzy worms Down goes the first one, down goes the second one Oh, how they wiggle and squirm Long, thin, slimy ones, short, fat, juicy ones Itsy bitsy fuzzy wuzzy worms Up comes the first one, up comes the second one Oh, how they wiggle and squirm Long, thin, slimy ones, short, fat, juicy ones 
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Okie doke, welcome back. Horticulture, rushing. Uh, last week, I, uh, I, I, I mentioned, I didn't get around to it because they had a lot of phone calls. I mentioned that I'd written an article about a stumpery, think tree stump, stumpery. What this is, is if you've got an area that's really shady or nothing will grow, or even in the full sun, you could take an old stump, uh, you know, dig it up, lay it on its side, or bury it upside down with the roots in the air. But uh, in other words, create a stump garden. Get some some old logs, some stumps. You know, have some standing up, some laying down. If you'll, you'll stack them up, some really good looking ones. Put just some moss on them. Plant some ferns around them, mulch around it. You create one of the most interesting, unusual, odd little gardens. I've seen them all over the place. There's a lot of them in England. They're an old Victorian thing from the 1800s. Uh, but there's also a fantastic one at the St. Louis Botanical Garden, where they have a woodland garden that where they dragged in big stumps, you know, and, and where they were cut off with a chainsaw, they buried that part. So it just looked like a tree had blown over. They put two or three of these in one area, stand up a, a you know, ragged old tree trunk that fallen over, and just some big, massive things. And you could put impatience and ferns, woodland plants like oak leaf hydrangeas, uh, 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 you know, any kind of woodland plant. This creates a, an interest. It creates a focal point, And it's an odd old Victorian thing called a stumpery. I've got one in my back garden. And I've got a water garden in the area. And to hide the, the uh, electric cord to the water pump, I'd laid just a, an old piece of driftwood across it, and it looks like any minute now you'll see a, a, a turtle sunning itself on it. But I've got a small stumpery, two stumps, a couple of upright uh, tree trunks I dragged home that are real interesting with some ferns and mosses on them. And the first thing you know is an interesting little thing, plus it keeps you having to figure out what to do hauling that thing off. Uh, by the way, I just got an email from a Tiffany uh, Benson uh, Saturday, August the 12th, that's next Saturday, uh, at two, from, from, uh, from 2 o'clock, the Oxford Community Garden is going to have a workshop. It's free. It's open to the public. They're going to talk about making teas, tinctures, vinegars, honeys, oils, salves. They're going to learn how to, to, to do herbal medicine making. I'm not that much into herbal medicine myself uh, because of legal reasons. But you'd figure there in Oxford where they have a school of pharmacology and they've got uh, a medicinal herb garden there that they would know what they're doing. Anyway, Oxford Community Garden, introductory workshop on herbal medicine making uh, on Saturday, August the 12th at 2 o'clock. By the way, the Oxford Community Garden is real visible. It's the corner of University and Bramlett. If you need some more information, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Now, we've been to pretty much all over the place. Let's go to Hamilton, Alabama. Good morning, Mark. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning. What's up? I've got a question for you that I, I suspect you have answered several times over the years. Um, yeah. I took my Christmas poinsettias and put them out probably in late March or early April, and uh, they're doing real uh-huh. well. And I put them in shade, which I later learned that they aren't really looking for shade. 
And yeah, wait, well, what, what, what kind of plant again? A poinsettia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Christmas. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And um, I'm wondering, can I dig them and bring them back in when it starts to get cold? And well, you're going to have to or else they'll freeze to death. Yes, sir. Will I get the red color out of them if I do them this way? You you could. It's not likely. Here's the deal. Poinsettias, uh, they're full sun plants. You see them. I've seen them all over the tropics. You can see them on the Gulf Coast. I've seen them down in the Mobile area growing outside. Uh, yes. If we don't have a, a, a freeze, they'll survive. But what makes them have that red color is stimulated by the days getting shorter. And you can you can fake that up. Here's, here's what you can do. If you want to dig them up and put them in pots, sometime around the first or middle of September, get you a box or a trash can or something that's big enough to set over the plant. Set it over it every day late in the afternoon and leave it there till the next morning. That way they'll think it's nighttime longer right. than daytime. And within just a couple of three or four weeks, you'll notice the new growth is kind of showing red. Once that happens, you can stop the weird treatment because it's going to happen no matter what. But you want to trigger the blooming by making it nighttime longer than daytime. Okay. And like I said, a big box or trash can or something. But make sure they get sunshine during the day or else it's just going to get long and leggy not doing that. You can cut them back, by the way. Yes, uh, and they'll branch out. Like, I mean, commercial growers cut theirs back to like three inches tall to make them branch out to be fuller. So no problem cutting them back when you pot them up. Okay. I appreciate your help very much. Thank you for being That'll there. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. By the way, I've got a friend named Jesse Yancey in Jackson. He gets uh, poinsettias left over for people's Christmas. He puts them around his garden like a little summertime ferny hedge-looking thing. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, have fun with it, okay? Thank you very much for your help. You bet. Appreciate it. Okay, now let's go to Mobile. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, um, thank you for answering. Um, sure. I'm looking out at the garden now so that I can accurately report to you. This is a, a post-Katrina. The tree, it was an old oak tree. It was about, it's about, the stump is about mm, three and a half, four feet wide and was cracked all the way down. Um, since then, uh, I had let some of the, you know, a few errant um, uh, four o'clocks grow here and there, and I have a wonderful self-renewing every year. It grows four o'clocks, and uh, I just mulched around it is what I did. Um, there were uh, lots and lots of mandinas at the base. I've been dra uh, gradually encouraging those to go across the chain link fence to the neighbor's area, which they totally love, and they totally love the four o'clocks, and the, um, there's a little heavenly blue uh, progenitor that, uh, you know, it's not the big heavenly yeah. blues that are cultivated, yeah, so, it's just, a, it's a wild one, yeah, so and that, a wild so, so what, little red one, and they okay. all intertwine during the summer months, uh, along with a few elderberries. Okay, and, where, where are we uh, going? Where are we going with this? Well, the stump itself has been growing uh, four o'clocks beautifully, yeah. and it uh -huh. makes a great backdrop to have the, the mandinas that are now on my neighbor's property behind well, that, them. That would that would be that would be a good idea if those uh, if those guys from Pascagoula are still listening. Mandina grows well in the shade; is a backdrop to the stump, and four o'clocks would come back year after year in that. Good idea, Mikey. It does. And in the wintertime, it grows wild mustard. 
Sounds good. Sounds like fun. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much. Okay, folks, if you want to give us a call, we've got the lines open right now, one eight seven seven mpb ring By the way, I make quite a few presentations around the region to garden clubs, master gardening groups, uh, library. We always have a lot of fun at library talks. So if you know of a group interested in having me do a kind of a fun and informative presentation, get in touch with me. I'm glad to custom craft something for, for you and your neighbors. And if you have some kind of event worth promoting that I can help with, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. How's it going, sir, Job? Are we doing all right? Yes, sir. It's going good. Uh, got some. Got a bit of an MPB news. Our uh, intern, uh, Patrick, today is his uh, last day. You know, he's been answering the phones on most of our programs and doing other other things. Sir, Sir Patrick, does he have his, does he have his hat on frontwards or backwards today? He actually doesn't have his hat on today, so he's uh, <laughs> he's he's letting he's letting his hair free flow. But today is his last day, and you know we're gonna we're gonna miss him dearly. Well, I tell you how folks can see Patrick, and maybe I shouldn't share this, but he's the guy who's if you go to the uh, to the to the Braves baseball games in in Pearl, go to the Bra- I don't is it the Jackson Braves, Mississippi Braves, I don't know what the what's it called. It's the Mississippi Braves. Mississippi Braves. He's a guy running around down on the field with the microphone in his hand, so throw him a hot dog. And now he's uh, going to be uh, in the fall going to Southern Miss. So he's going to be okay. uh, a Golden Eagle uh, uh, doing, you know, getting getting his schooling. All righty. Well, we, we, we've enjoyed having there. Tell him I said hey. Oh, yes, sir. It, it, we go... It, it, is, is, is he is he our call greeter today? Yeah, he's been he's been answering our phones and uh right. and putting everybody through. Let's Felder, let's go ahead and we we can take our last our last little break for the hour and uh we can uh we can come back after the break and and, and keep keep with the garden party. Sounds good, folks. I'm horticulturist Fella Rushy. This is the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm a uh, a, a proud uh, weekly participants and the team up in Mississippi Public Broadcasting that brings you so many programs during the week. I mean, on every possible thing. If you want to see the kind of programs you can listen to live or via podcast, go to mpbonline.org. Click on programs and radio. Think radio. mpbonline.org. You'll be amazed at the number of, of timely programs locally produced uh, that, that you can listen to live or by podcast. We're going to come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener and your live phone calls here at MPB right after this. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me. Meredith Michelle with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, Horticulture Celebration. Hey, Java, let me ask you something. Did you get that yes, picture sir. of the? Did you get that picture I sent you of, of my little in garden invention? No. The what gar- you said? Uh, 
Oh, is it the the paper the towel holder? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's I call it a a unique garden viewing device. <laughs> yeah, you brought that in, and I think um, oh, right. we haven't uh, we haven't finalized our gift for for Pledge Drive. Uh, we might we might can hook uh, hook that up. Actually, we're going to. I, I just I, I made one that says MPB and Gestalt Garden and all that like that on it. Have a special little little uh, device for attaching it to your shirt. And uh, I sent a picture of it. Uh, Jace has got it also. I, they're probably going to post it. Uh, online sometime, but this is something I came up with. It's a unique, very Felder, never before done garden invention, and it's called. I'm gonna call it the colorful garden viewer. <laughs> it's uh, something I use. It helps select little details and vignettes. Sometimes get lost in the big picture, but it's got a handy clip-on holder, accessorized a tiny little blue bottle tree bead, and uh, we're gonna make it available to folks who support MPB, particularly the Gestalt Gardener during our drive time uh, with, with more details coming up on that later. But anyway, I'm real proud of it. Something I invented myself, and the people who support MPB are going to be able to get one of them. How about that? And it is a good thing because, like you say, whether you're a big garden and you have so many plants and so many flowers, it helps you focus, which, you know, gets you that attention to detail. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like what a photographer sees when looks through a lens. We're always looking for little vignettes and compositions and things like that, sort of to, sort of like a cut-and-paste little scenes out of a bigger picture. But anyway, we'll have some pictures on that we'll talk about next week. But anyway, it's, it's, uh, I, I did a special MPB one. Now, before we go um, back, to the, back to the calls, we got Steve in Biloxi uh, on the line. I did have a question. My, uh, my aunt, she stays in Atlanta, and she just uh, started dibbing and dabbing in, uh, in gardening and got her first, her first uh, I guess, harvest, you would say, some squash and uh, so, uh, some tomatoes and a, and, a, and a watermelon. But she's trying wow. to she – wasn't, she wasn't satisfied, and she wanted to see what could she do to, I guess, you know, make her – Make her make her uh, crops a little bit more robust, you know, and get and get a get yeah. a, a more yield, as they say. Yeah, well, she, you know, she's gonna need to, to. Every time she digs that dirt, it gets better. You know, the first couple of times, not so productive. So it'll get better next time, and even better the time after by adding a little stuff to her dirt. You know, don't just plant it; just plant old dirt. Don't throw the dirt away and plant it; just pot it. So, but sort of stir stuff together, and also keep planting when something gets harvested. Or it dies, it's time to pull it up. As soon as you pull it up, dig that little hole, stick something else in that hole, and keep moving down the road. Uh, instead, of, instead of planting all at one time, do it a little at a time. And also throw a couple of flowers in there with it, too, because something about flowers make it look prettier, attract pollinating insects, and just makes everything feel better, if not actually grow better. By the way, the, the Atlanta Botanical Garden is one of the finest in the country, and it's got some, some good ideas on container gardening, and she wants to check that out sometime. I will pass that along. But now let's go oh. to uh, Steve in Biloxi, who's been holding. Thank you for calling in on this morning, Steve. You're talking to Felder. Hey, Steve, All right. good morning, sir. Hey. Howdy, what's up, man? Um, well, I'm from Illinois, and I moved down here, and I'm trying to grow some tomato plants and some pepper plants. <sighs> And oh, my uh, plants, all the leaves started at the bottom, turning yellow and working their way up, so it wasn't anything there. <laughs> I tried some insecticidal soap, but that didn't seem to have worked. And now yeah. my tomato plant's doing it. And they're actually in okay. two different areas, two different porches. So they 
Yeah, well, the, the t- tomatoes are going to do that anyway. Here in the deep south, because of our humidity and all this rainfall, we have di- leaf diseases uh, that yeah. basically start low and they splash and they move up the plant as they splash higher and higher. That's pretty typical on tomatoes. Uh, and there are sprays you can use, but they end up costing more than the tomatoes would. Peppers is a little bit more unusual. A lot of times peppers, if you'll spoon feed them, if you give them a little bit of fertilizer every now and then rather than a whole bunch at once, then, then uh-huh. it keeps them steady and vigorously growing. And peppers and tomatoes will always produce better here in the fall. You'll get a better, get, unlike in Illinois where you have to wait till till a Memorial Day to plant. We right, plant right. as early as, as Good Friday. You can plant those kind of things right now, Steve, and they will outproduce. They'll be sturdy and stocky. They'll outproduce this fall anything you planted back in the spring. So think, we have two back-to-back summer gardens here. The first one is easier to plant. second one has a better harvest. So, yeah. so don't give up. I'm going to try my Yeah, it's going to be hard to find some plants, but if you can find some small plants, little plants. They're uh, still alive. <laughs> how, how tall are they? Uh, so. <laughs> how tall are they? Uh, well, they're about uh, 16 inches tall. Yeah, that's too tall. What I would do is, is I would to start, I would start with new growth. Bottom or whatever coming out of the root. Here, here, here's what I do. And by the way, I've been growing peppers. I grow heirloom peppers. I've been doing this for a long time. I want to call it chili head. Uh, if you'll gently work up just the surface of the soil around the base of the plants, and then put you a nice ring of mulch. Not you know, not a not a mound, but a ring of mulch around it. Give them an occasional deep soaking and about a half strength shot of something like Miracle Grow every couple of three weeks. They will do. They'll put on new growth and should produce really well this fall. Okay, I will try that. Yep. Remember, so, half strength. Yep. Half strength every now and then. They're growing in a bucket. <laughs> oh well, in, in a bucket, you definitely need to 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 fertilize them lightly and fairly frequently. Uh, half strength every couple of three weeks is is really is is what they need. Okay. I will do that. Thank you much. Good. Good luck on it. Welcome to the Gulf Coast, man. What part of Illinois are you from? What what yep. part of Illinois were you from? Springfield. Okay, right in the middle, middle corn yep. corn patch. I'm, that's, that's, yep, right in the middle of corn I, patches. I, Everybody says how steamy it is down here, but they haven't lived in the middle of cornfields. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gave a talk to the Master Gardener in Springfield one time, enjoying visiting the uh, I forget the name of uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln's birthplace or whatever it was. Tom. righty, Well, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, listen. Good luck on it, man. Let's go now to Susan causing from Purvis. Hey, Susan, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I came in a little late and I caught kind of the end of what you were saying about the hydrangeas. I've got one in a pot. The show is pretty. It's kind of got pink, pale-looking flowers. I need to put it in the ground. But where I want to put yeah. it is on the south side of my house. It's going to get a lot of sun. and um, But in the late afternoon, it'll be behind a big banana plant. But it's a yeah. lot of uh, red soil right there. Should I not put it there? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. First of all, hydrangeas will grow in the full sun if they've got a good root system. And the way you do mm-hmm. that is dig a wide hole. If you don't feel right. stupid about it, if you don't feel stupid, it ain't wide enough. Three right, or you. more feet feet across. And then loosen up the potting soil when you set that plant out and then cover it with a good leaf mulch, real tree leaves. You can top that with some pretty mulch if you want to. But the tree leaves feed the soil. Uh, and I would put it further away from the house. Get away from, from the house. 
because not only is it better dirt away from the house, but it doesn't yeah. have that radiated heat blowing off of it all night long coming off the wall of the house. I got well, it's kind of off the porch. Yeah, well, the, the main thing is, is is you don't want to have it where there's you know heat radiating uh, you know out of a building okay. or a pavement or something like that. You know, try to keep them. They, they they'll do fine in full sun. They just like to be cool, and you can do okay. that with a wide hole, plenty of mulch, and kind of keep it away from any kind of structure. All right, how, how I big will is, do it. Thank you. How, what is that? How big is your plant? Oh, it's probably two feet tall. Okay, yeah, when you, when you set it out. It's, it's not too it's still, it's still it's blooming though right yes okay when you plant it this this winter sometime in january or february pinch the tips off of, of, of the branches do what that'll make it tips? yeah just just cut cut the whatever grows this year 2017 okay. cut that part ways back sometime in the winter that'll make it bush out and they'll still bloom on the new growth but just you know cut back this year's growth a little bit sometime in the winter i got you all right one more quick question i know you're out of time how do you when the flowers are spent how do you deadhead a hydrangea uh just deadhead just means you break it or cut or pinch it off just pinch just take the flower off or the stalk down to the whatever you feel like okay whatever you whatever you feel you want to leave some of this year's growth whatever started growing this past spring you want to leave uh -huh. some of that with a leaf joint or two because the new growth okay. comes out of a leaf joint. And as long as you leave some of this year's growth, when you cut it back, it'll branch uh -huh. out and do fine. All right. Safe travels. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Okay. Huh, we're about out of phone calls, sir. Yes, sir. We are, um, we, you know, sitting at a, about a minute before we move over for uh, Next Stop Mississippi, another one of our great programs here at MPB. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, as soon as we get done, you see, well, a lot of people don't realize it's almost 4 o'clock in the afternoon for me because I'm six hours ahead. And uh, I took a little walk, went around, got me a little meat and potato pie for lunch. They got pie shops all over the place where they make pies in the back and sell them till they're gone. And uh, then I'm going to take a walk across the moors. they got the wild blueberries and wild raspberries in, are in full fruit right now, a few blackberries. I'm going to pick me some blueberries and blackberries and some raspberries and maybe make me a little dessert with it tonight. Fair I could do that in Mississippi, but, you know, we got fig. They can't grow figs here very well. So every place got its own thing, Java. That's what I'm saying. Well, how many how many how many pints have you lifted? <laughs> uh, a, 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 a pint or two. You know, one the one thing about here, they have what's called real ale. Doesn't have preservatives. Doesn't give you a hangover. But that's okay. It doesn't get dark until ten o'clock here at night, folks. So you got to do what you got to do. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. We've been talking about gardening here on the Gestalt Gardener, production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, my producer, the laid back uh, Java Chapman. And our phone group today is the awesome Sir Patrick, who's going to be a Golden Eagle this fall. Catch him at the, at the Mississippi Braves game down on the field. I'm your host, Bill Rushy. I know it's hot and humid, but it's too long till it gets to be fall. Let's don't waste a good weekend. Take a kid to a farmer's market. Take a kid to a garden center. Go on a little field trip. See what's blooming in other people's yards. And show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week. <laughs> 